0: This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing poll quotes like this.
1: Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow.
0: <laughs> you okay? That one got me. That's funny. Um, Okay, uh, today's feature presentation is Mulan, and it's the Mulan, the animated Mulan from 1998. Um, what is this movie, Katie? What's the deal?
1: Um, it's just the best Disney animated film, like, ever.
0: It's good. It's a really good one. It's so it's a Disney animated movie. Um, it's about a girl who takes her father's place when basically the Chinese government comes and enlists a member from each family for the army during a Han invasion. And it's all about honor and like bringing honor to your family. And as Katie said, you know, dishonor dishonor to your cow. Um, but the whole movie is like themed around honor and what that means. And it I don't know. It's also a movie with a couple really good musical numbers in it that have just like stood the test of time. even if, you know, as a musical, it might not hold up fully. It's not like the best Disney musical. But there's definitely a couple like really, really good songs in here.
1: It's so good, though. Like the soundtrack is amazing. and that's the one of the biggest parts about why I like this movie. But also, like, you're saying, like, this movie is a lot about bringing on to your family. So it's, like, heavily steeped in Chinese culture and about, uh, like, the Chinese family dynamic and stuff. I mean, I don't—obviously, like, I don't understand a lot about it. But from what I do understand, like, this movie does a pretty decent job at portraying what it was like at that time for women—
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, from a high level, you like this one a lot, right?
1: I do. It's one of my favorite movies. Like, I could watch it all the time and never get tired of it. I actually, it was really funny because I was watching it, and then a friend of mine watched the the exact same movie, like, a couple hours later, because she's writing a piece. She's supposed to be writing a piece on this movie that was supposed to come out around the same time as the live-action version, but (laughs) that got delayed, so we'll see with how that goes. (laughs)
0: But, I mean, it's good. Like, it has a good core message to it. And, you know, it's set in a different culture. But I know you and I were talking. And you said it's just, like, a very empowering movie.
1: Yeah, I was I was also telling this to my friend, too, that even though this movie is very steeped in Chinese culture, it's also just very empowering in general for women and young girls, and especially for, like... the. They're seeing a a supposed they call her a princess, like even though Mulan is not really a princess, but we'll just say she is a Disney princess is seeing a Disney princess who looks like them like that's super empowering. But also the message behind it is very empowering for all women and all young girls, too. And this is like one of the first movie uh, first movies moving on that, like, she don't need no man like she saved China by herself.
0: Yes, I like that about it a lot. it's a really good movie I mean I love this movie when it came out and I, I still do it's probably one of my favorites from the Disney Renaissance era which I was trying to look up like the eras of Disney animation and um, at some point we'll probably just run through all of the Disney Renaissance movies but it, it's really from like 1989 and it kind of kicks off with The Little Mermaid and it ends right around like 1998 or 1999 so there's like about a 10 year span in there where they just have this like Disney Renaissance of like new animation um, and so this is coming in at the tail end of it but this is one of my favorite movies from that time span and i just i think it's when they were in their prime with making these like animated musicals and you really like the mu- the music in this one right
1: i was literally listening to the soundtrack before we jumped on to record
0: <laughs> good so yes that's great um so let's dive into a couple moments i mean there's a lot to the story but there's definitely some scenes that stand out more than others don't you think
1: uh What it is about this movie is that they kind of portray Mulan to be this girl like everybody else. Like, she is not, you know, super crazy beautiful. She is very pretty. But also, she's just a normal person. Like, she gets little brother the dog to help her do her chores. She's literally trying to cheat on her matchmaker exam thing that she's doing by writing, like, the answers out on her arm. And she's late. When she shows up, she's like covered in dust and has things sticking out of her hair. And she's like, I'm here. And they're like, where have you been? And she's like, I had chores. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. I I mean, the scenes that stick out to me, like, I really like after that scene setting stuff at the beginning... Um, the part where she decides to go in her father's place and it's just like a dramatic scene like she cuts her hair she takes the sword she puts on the armor it it's drama but it's drama that definitely works for me um and then everything that happens right after that like she goes to the army and um you know she ends up like using her mind to defeat things that like other people are held up by so there's the the scene where she like climbs the pole to get the arrow and nobody had been able to do it but she uses like her mental ability to do it instead of just, like, pure physical strength, um, which is, I don't know. It, I I like that. I like her embracing who she is and where her strengths are and um, everything that that entails.
1: Well, I mean, what I really like is as they move through the training montage, right, which is, like, the best, like, literally the best part of this entire movie is that that portion with the song. It is. Um, is that you watch her go from being a complete like, failure and not being good at anything to getting better and better as the montage goes through. And even though they were ready to, like, kick her out because of how terrible she was, she, like you mentioned, she used her mind to figure out a way to retrieve the arrow, which nobody had been able to do because they were all trying to use their strength, when this uses both strength and, like, mental ability. And, And then she becomes the best, best at everything. Uh, She's running faster than Shang. She's doing much better than everybody else is. And she did that because she didn't give up. And she worked harder than everybody else to get to that point. And I don't know. Mulan is just... She's the best. That's what she, she is. is. She's the best. She's
0: really good. I mean, that whole training montage is probably one of the best training montages ever. And the song, the I'll make a man out of you, like, th- it's got to be the highlight of this movie. Like, there's no doubt, right? That That's just the best part of the entire movie.
1: I mean, this movie literally teaches you the proper way to become a man, right? You got to be mysterious as the dark side of the moon.
0: I don't know how I would have learned that without this movie. So I agree with that statement. <laughs>
1: but also my favorite thing is i put this further down but donny osmond from the osmonds yeah which is like one of my mom's favorite like groups growing up he's the singing voice for shang so it's like it's donny osmond and it's a great donny like training scene so it's it's fantastic you couldn't really get much better than that
0: Yeah. And well, I mean, okay. So, a high level, like, there's a bunch of other stuff where it's her using her mind and, like, embracing who she is, right? There's a part where she uses a rocket to cause an avalanche. Instead of, like, using it to attack somebody, she just takes out the entire army by making an avalanche. Again, it's, like, using the mind and not just, like, what's right in front of you. And then the whole part where she reveals herself, she embraces it, and then she goes and she decides to save the emperor anyway. And the whole sequence with, like, her fellow soldiers, she inspires them to, like, dress up as women to go with her and it's like this show of solidarity, but it's also a very good strategic decision. Um, and they still totally like kick ass when they do. And so, you know, it, it's just like it's all about Mulan embracing who she is and then kind of like using her abilities to kick ass. And that's kind of the rest of the movie in a really good way. And I'm I'm skating over a bunch of stuff here because I feel like you probably want to cover it in the section where we talk about all the good things of the movie, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the other thing is that one of my favorite lines in this movie is when she shows back up at the palace and is trying to tell Shang that the Huns are still alive and that they're there, and he doesn't believe her, and she does the whole, like, you trusted Ping, how is Mulan any different? Yes. And it really makes him think, like, I did trust, like, this person, even though they lied about, like, their identity, but still, like, Mulan... Like, even though she was basically disgraced and dishonored her whole family, like, she's still there trying to fight to win to save all of China. So, like, how could he not trust her? Come on.
0: Yeah. Shang, stop being so sexist. Um, <laughs> um. So, the bad. There's a couple things in this movie that I don't like. There's not a whole lot. But Mushu, like, I'm just how not... <laughs> I'm sorry, Katie. I'm not a fan of Mushu. He's really annoying. He causes problems. I do not like him. It looks like they may have cut him from the live action remake of Mulan. And if they did, I will be 100% fine with that.
1: How dare you? (laughs) I didn't like him. Did you see my comment underneath? You just said boo,
0: but it's really big and it's really long where you said boo
1: yeah because it's dumb because I love Mushu. Mushu is great. I put him further down under the good, like what's good? The character's mushu,
0: okay, so for me, mushu is not good um but what's the what's the other thing that you put in here?
1: The emperor's assistant or that guy, the one dude who's with them at the camp or whatever, yeah, he's way more sexist than everybody else, and I hate it,
0: <laughs> yes. I I completely agree. He's just not cool at all. Um, but there's so much good in this movie. There's so much. Um, you know, the music, specifically two of the songs, I think Reflection and I'll Make a Man mm-hmm. Out of You. Those are like the standout songs in the movie for me.
1: They are really, really great. Like reflection. Reflection is such a good song and it's very the singing voice for Mulan. Oh my god, she's so amazing. I'm pretty sure I didn't look this up, so nobody get mad at me. I am pretty sure that the singing voice for Mulan is also the singing voice for Jasmine. Um I might be I have correct no idea. or wrong.
0: I'm going to go but, with yes cuz I don't know.
1: I think I think that is accurate, but it's just such a good song. And like the concept behind the song, because it's trying to figure out, like, who are you supposed to be and like the person you want to see in your reflection. So I don't know. And then Christina Aguilera also re-recorded it and released that song. And it's on the soundtrack, too. So.
0: Cool. Well, and like you said, Donny Osmond's in this, too, for the singing voice, right?
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then uh the emperor is voiced by Pat Morita, who played Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid. And this was towards the tail end before he like pa- he passed away in 2005, so this is very close to before he passed away.
0: Yeah. And I mean the the whole plot, like we talked about a bunch of moments, but the plot, the story, the characters, they're all good in this except for Mushu. Lies. <laughs> we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Um And then one of the things that I noticed, too, is this seems to be around the point where Disney starts to actually, like, design the art to reflect the culture instead of being, like, uh, I don't even know. You know, they used to do, like it seemed like it would be a very stereotypical version of a culture or like very surface level. And at some point they actually started doing research and like going and getting examples and understanding the culture before they would design to it. And that has carried through to today. But that flip happened sometime during the Renaissance era of Disney that like 89 to 99, um, And this one definitely feels like it. It feels like the art is set up in a way that like reflects Chinese culture in some ways. And I I like that a lot.
1: No, they I feel like they really do where they they did a great job with like the animation is beautiful and all the sets are super beautiful and they tried to make them what it seems like they tried to do is try to make them as accurate as possible as what you would find during that time period in China. Like, they actually did their research, and they also, like, there were some, like, their casting for this film was not all white people, which was great. (laughs) Like, they tried to cast people that were of the same, like, ethnicity and, like, you know, from the same culture, so at least they were doing that. Like, they were headed in the right direction.
0: Yeah, they're finally, like, starting to get headed in that right direction around this time. And then, you know, all the stuff that we talked about, like, the the movie directly addresses, like, sex- sexism and institutional sexism, and it incorporates it very intelligently into the plot.
1: Yeah. And one of – I feel like one of – like, two of the really, like, sweet, wonderful moments that happen in this movie is – one with like her and the emperor even though he like lists out all of the things that she did he was like but you saved us all and then he gave her you know the sword and then the cre- his crest so that uh her father would know what she did for china to bring honor to her family and she also hugged him which i loved when <laughs> yeah i was like is she allowed to do that and even they were like i guess i guess she gets <laughs> to hug the emperor But it's honestly, like, one of the best moments is between her and her father, because obviously, like, she felt ashamed for what happened with the matchmaker. And then he mentions the flower about how sometimes the uh, latest blooming flowers are the most beautiful. And then that um, similar thing, like, the emperor says that a flower that blooms in adversity is the most beautiful. And then he tells shang that he's like, you don't find a girl like that every time you stay, which is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. But the part at the end when she shows up trying to, like, apologize for doing what she did to, like, explaining it to her father, she, like, gives him the sword and the crest and, like, bows to him, but it doesn't matter. He, like, drops all that stuff on the ground and hugs her because him having his daughter there and embracing her for the person who she's meant to be and not the person that everyone expected her to be was way more important than anything else and also just having her home which was a big deal about like why they didn't say anything or try to get her to come back because if they had said anything she would have been executed for treason or whatever it was that the sexist guy was saying
0: yeah no you're right i mean those are like two of the most like emotional impactful moments of the film especially that last one with the dad and the hug like i i completely agree um Okay, so what's what's our rating for this one? What's your rating for this one?
1: <laughs> I'm giving it one grandma asking Shang to stay forever.
0: <laughs> that is really cute. I will give this a Mysterious Moon Army.
1: <laughs> I started laughing when you were writing that. I was dying.
0: Uh, um, okay, so if you guys want to watch along, what's coming up next, we're going to do Mulan 2 so that you can do that if you want or you don't have to. It's supposed to be one of the worst uh, follow-up like animated sequels. To an actual good animated Disney movie, I don't know what to expect. It's from 2004. We will all discover this together. Um, and then it was Katie's turn to metaphorically throw a dart at a dartboard and pick one from the back catalog. We are going to do the cat from Outer Space from 1978, and we have no idea what that's about, but we will discover that as we as we move forward, and we'll report back, and you guys can be here with us. Um, around the network. Don't forget we have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the geekery blog. You can get all of that at geekgeekmedia.com or go to geekgeekmedia.com/subscribe to get it sent right to you. And then we always do a little bit of light weekly geekery here um because both of us have other podcasts where we dive in deep on our geekery. But Katie, what have you been up to this week?
1: Um I bought a new album. Well, I bought several new albums. Uh, k-pop albums but nct 127 uh, released their newest comeback album which was actually like super super great and they've been releasing a lot of videos i think a lot of k-pop people have been releasing a lot of extra content because they can't do any concerts so they've been releasing a lot of like extra videos that they've been doing and then also doing a lot of like live streams to spend time with their fans since they can't physically see them right now. So it's been overwhelming a little bit with like how much content there is out there now in the K-pop world. So I mean, it's been fun. I love it. So
0: That's good. As long as you're having fun.
1: I am. I'm enjoying it and I'm have lots of albums to listen to, too. Um and then I read a whole book and like Seven hours, which was probably not the best way to go about this. But Chelsea and I were trying to do a book for tea time. So we read uh, One of Us is Next by Karen McManus. And it's the sequel to uh, One of Us is Lying. And those the books are sort of the first book was kind of this like breakfast club style Saturday, like detention thing, but with murder. And then this one is sort of like a follow up to that, but with like some of the same characters, but like different characters that were the main three in the film. But it sort of followed along the same lines without the like breakfast club part, but definitely had the murder part. But we recorded an episode about it so you can listen to us talk about it cool. on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea.
0: That's awesome. Um, I I finished up um, one, the Fire Emblem playthrough that i was working through so i finished my blue lion route which again there's like multiple routes through the game and they all have like completely different stories even though it's the same characters and like hypothetically the same timeline but it's not at all because things go wildly different directions so i liked the blue lions route but i really liked the first one that i did the black eagles and it's one of those games where i liked it a lot i need a break from it but I might go back and do the third and maybe even the fourth route in it so we'll see what happens later Um, and then I've been trying to read more too lately so I actually I'm in the middle of a book I'm uh, probably 75% of the way done with it but I'm reading um, Bob Iger's it's not his like whole biography but it's like about his time at Disney and his time it's kind of about his career um, and it's called The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And it's really interesting to listen to from like a Disney perspective, but also as like... Um, a leader at my company, you know, like I'm a manager now, like I'm director level. And so some of the things that he mentions become very relevant to me. And it's just interesting to hear it from somebody who's been around a lot longer and has a lot of experience and to just kind of like see how his career went and what happened at Disney and his whole perspective on everything that happened during his tenure at Disney. It's it's a really cool book and it's not a super long read either. Um, So I would recommend that one a lot. Have you checked that out at all, Katie?
1: Um, no, I probably should though, because uh, Bob Iger uh, came into the role of CEO of the Walt Disney Company really close to when I started working there, or like I started working there just after he became in charge.
0: Yeah, I think you would find it really interesting then, because it's it's not like a dry biography or anything. It's really it's mostly around Disney and some of the context like leading up to Disney acquiring different companies too. Um, But yeah, it was it was really cool. I liked it a lot.
1: I mean, it would be interesting to hear his perspective on the cleanup he had to do after Michael Eisner, because he came in after like California Adventure was completely botched, and that was. Like part of the things that he had to fix and cause the company was also sort of falling apart under the guidance of Michael Eisner. So yeah, it would be interesting to see what he has to say.
0: It talks all about that. It's really, really cool. Um. yeah, that's probably it for this week. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod.
1: And you can also talk to us in real time, especially if you're finding yourself wanting to talk to more people who are super active all the time. That would be us on the geek to geek Media Network over on our Slack workspace and on our Discord server. And we'll include invite links for those on our website.
0: Yes, uh, I blog at agreenmushroom.com And you can find me at GRN Mushroom That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter I'm also on the geek to geek podcast With BJ Keaton
1: And I am super, extra super Active over on Twitter and Instagram And you can find me uh, Using the handle at Lady Catherine P. I post about cats, K-pop, and coffee And other stuff And I'm also the co-host on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea And also a new podcast That Chelsea and I started called You Can't Stop Me Loving K-pop
0: Awesome. Uh, This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right?
1: It should be forever because I really, really want to see the live action version of Mulan.